I am so excited at this point to introduce Leland. Leland Hart is a uh, Assemblies of God pastor, uh, retired, lucky man, um, from Texas. And he and his wife, Kathy, come up and spend the summers up in lovely East Jordan. They have a, uh, a nice trailer that they come up and they park in the, the park right there and they spend some time up here in God's country in June, July, and August. And then they go back to God's country in Texas uh, and when it's warm down there and it's cold up here. So uh, they're smart people, i got to tell you. I'm, I'm impressed. i got it figured out. I'm really appreciating our fellowship. And it is nice to be able to talk to another pastor that's been there, done that. And uh, you've become, you've, you're a great comfort to me. And I really appreciate getting to know you and your family. And uh, so come on up and uh, just share the word with us, if you will. And uh, let's just give Leland a warm center point welcome. What a beautiful group you are this morning. Y'all sounded good during worship. You look good. And God is good. And uh, I, d- I just want to thank Pastor Mike for this opportunity. I, um, as a bifurcation pastor, I, I pastored church and, and uh, we were relatively small and so I worked uh, as well, taught at a college and uh, taught paramedicine, firefighting. And so we uh, I retired from that in May of last year. Uh, Kathy, my wife, she retired a little before I did, so she came up a year before before me, spent the summer the year before. I stayed home and worked, and then I joined her the next year. And this is my second year, her third year, to be, to be in Michigan uh, with our beautiful daughter and her, her wonderful husband and our most precious grandson and uh, our friends, uh, Adam's family, their family. We, you know, some people don't get that, but uh, their family. And and we're we. Uh, I just want to say thank you to Centerpoint to 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 Pastor Mike for his friendship uh, since we've met and. Um, and to you, some of you, we've already just, you, you've become just precious to us. And, and uh, uh, you know, we're, we're thankful for that, that God has led us to, uh, to be a part of Center Point. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to come today and to worship with you and to, and to bring the word. Um, today and uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians to the love chapter now pastor done a beautiful job last week teaching on love and I'm not that's that's not where I'm headed this morning but uh, I do want us to go there uh, where we will find uh, the text uh, for our, our message today. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I want us to look at uh, verse 12. says, for now we see only a reflection, looking in a mirror, as in a mirror. That, that, you know, that's what it's talking about here. We're only seeing a reflection. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now, there's a lot here, lot. Right now, you, we don't understand everything God's doing. We don't under, understand uh, 
why certain things happen. We don't understand the way certain things are going about. But it's because we, we're seeing it as in a mirror. We're, we're seeing it as a reflection. We, we, we don't get that. But one day we'll see Jesus face to face. We'll see the Father face to face. And it'll all make sense. I'm sure you, like myself, have many, many, many questions. And I've made the statement, and probably you as well, that says, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus, I'm going to ask the Father this. I believe when we get to heaven, we won't have to ask the question. When we get to heaven, we'll know. We'll already know. We'll be in the presence of the Almighty God, and, and all the answers will be already there. So we won't have to walk up and ask, those questions will already will will already know the answers. But the part I really want to focus on this morning is that very last snippet there. Even as I am fully known. Even as I am fully known. This morning, I want to to talk to you about a very important part of our relationship with God, a very important part of our walk with Jesus, and that, that is this. I want you to, over the next few minutes as, as we're going through this message and, and maybe even days to come, see, God needs to speak to you, not Leland. Leland doesn't, you know, it's not Leland that's got got what you need it God's got what you need and so you know, my prayer this morning is no matter what I say you hear what God is saying okay <laughs> because I mess up sometimes I miss the mark but see God never misses the mark God God gets it always gets it right and so this morning my prayer is is that whatever you hear that it be what God speaks to you regardless of what I'm saying but this morning, I want us to, to do this. I want you, this morning and from this day forward, I want you to know how God sees you. I want you to know how God sees you. See, in this culture in which we live, it tells us, what to say, tells us how to act, it tells us how to look, right? I mean, it, and it influences us in that manner. It influences us in that manner. And see, we think we should look like that. <laughs> you say, well, what, look like what? Look like whatever that is appealing to you at a given moment. See, uh, most young ladies, oh, I want to look like that, that actress or that model or whatever I see in the magazine. Guys, we want to look like that Mr. Universe or, you know, whoever that, that great actor is that's got all of that. I want to be like him. Can I share something with you this morning? They don't look like that. <laughs> Honestly, they don't, those models in those magazines and, you know, and all, they don't look like that. There's a lot of work, photo work. There's a lot of, of uh, airbrushing going on to cover up the imperfections and certain lighting and, and all this. They don't look like that. I've known newscasters, personally known guys on the news and, and uh, does, does the weather. And, and I, I would, first, I'll never forget the first time I met one of our local weather guys. I, I watched him all the time, and, and, and I, the first time I met him, I thought, you don't look like anything like you do on TV. I didn't tell him that, but that was what I was thinking. I, I've seen these guys when they uh, walk off set, 
You know they spend hours before they go on set to look like they do on set? See, they don't look like that. But when... But some way... I want to be like those people. I want to... I want to do... Why? Because we see them in a certain light. We see them in a certain way and, and it's appealing to us and so we want to do that. And so to the point in some instances where when we don't look like them, we feel bad about ourselves. Well, I don't, I'm not as pretty as this one or I'm not as smart as that one or I'm not whatever the case may be we we no 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 I want you to see what God sees I want you to to visualize if you will this morning I want you to take a few minutes and I want you to strive to visualize and to to do your best to endeavor to understand how God sees you and who you are in Him. That's what's important. That's what's important. I, it doesn't... I know I'm not... I'm not George Clooney. And everybody says amen. I realize I'm not all that. I, I, you know, I come to terms with that a long time ago. I, I'm not... I know I don't want to be like I don't want to be him, quite honestly. I could just imagine what his life's like. Oh yeah, he's got all this stuff, I'm sure, and uh, beautiful homes and cars and all this and uh, that that's way too much drama <laughs> to keep up with all that, right? See with a, with a lot of that kind of stuff comes a lot of drama and and how many of us know drama in our lives is not healthy it's not fun it's not but i realize that but you know something i don't i don't care to be him or any of those guys i want to be seen i want to be what jesus sees i want to be what jesus sees in me because no matter, here's the good thing, no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter what takes place, no matter what goes on around the world, the only important thing is that I'm what Jesus sees. I'm what Jesus wants me to be. That's what's important in our, and should be the most important part of our lives. Now I want us to go, I want us to start in the very beginning. Genesis 1. Everybody can find that real easy. Go to Genesis 1 this morning. Real quick. I want to point something out to you. Go to Genesis 1. And, of course, this is the uh, all about the creation. And I'm just going to real quickly read through something here because I want to point something out to you. Um, and it's really cool. Our daughter, Laura, is, is you know, she's been teaching... Our grandson, uh, and and part of that, and my wife's been doing some of that on the days that, and I'm sure his nana, his other grandmother's probably been doing the same thing. Ask him, ask him after church, who made, who created God? But the cool part is asking how, asking how. And I mean, it's it's the most beautiful thing because he says, how did God create the world? He just said it. <laughs> That's his answer. And it's so true. He just he just said it. And it's like it's no big deal. He just said it. But I, I want you to, to notice something here. Uh we'll start there uh in verse uh three. It says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was uh good, or that uh he saw that it was good, and God uh provided uh, the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, evening and morning were the first day. So on the first day 
he made light and day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters uh, from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters and were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven gather together into one place and let the dry land up and uh, dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called the seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree uh, yielding fruit after his kind and whose seed is in itself. And up on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose uh, seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And um, where have I lost my place? And the evening and morning were the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament and the heaven and divide the day from the night and then the signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven and give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God gave two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And he set in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. Even in the morning were the fourth day. God said, "Let the waters bring forth abundant by the moving uh, by the moving creature that hath light, and fowl that fly above the earth and in the open firmament of heaven." And God created the great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly. After their kind and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth in the evening and the morning more of the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creatures, cattle, creeping thing, and beasts of the earth after its kind it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, the cattle after their kind, everything that creepeth on the earth after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image. Now this is the really cool part. After our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish and over the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. In other words, pretty much everything he had just created. He said he's, he's going to be have dominion over that. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which the fruit and tree yielding seed, and you it shall be for meat. Now I want to skip down to 31, just to get on through this. And God saw that everything he had made, and behold, it was not good. It was very good. <laughs> now, through all that, I want to point something out. After he made all the, the moons and the stars and the cattle and the sheep and the, I mean, the seas and the oceans, I mean, all this stuff, I mean, everything we see, the trees, everything that we see that's God's creation, everything that we see, it was good. But when he made man, it all of a sudden everything became very good. Whew, I don't know about you, but that's exciting. That tells me that God thought of you and me as something very good. 
God didn't make all the trees and the cattle and all that. Read it. It's right there. He didn't make all that for himself. He didn't make all this beauty out here. That That's why we come to... I'm from West Texas. Anybody ever been to West Texas? Yeah. yeah of course, my daughter. You know, she'll tell you, and I'll tell you, it's its own beauty. Yes, it's beauty in its own right. But it's flat. Very few trees, lots of blowing sand, and you know you come up here and everything's green and beautiful, you know, and and so that's why we love it up here. And plus, it's not near as hot up here during the summer. <laughs> but see, here's the thing: God didn't make all this for Himself. No, He made all this and the cattle and all that. He made that for you and I. He made that for us. He made us for Him. You hear me this morning? You need to understand that. He made everything else for us, but He made us for Him. Oh, He went through all that six days five days he spent building this world for you and I so that we could be sustained and live upon this earth and and, and have all that we have to, to, to survive and to live. He made that for us. He spent five days. On the sixth day he spent one day for himself and he said I'm going to make man. Because the reason he done that was because he wanted a relationship. Why did God make man? Because he wanted a relationship with man. He wanted companionship. He wanted someone to commune with and to have this beautiful and wonderful relationship with. So one, God sees us in his image. He sees us that's what it says. He built. He made us. People say, "Well, what's God look like?" Well, just look at you. You know, look around. See, and and here's the other thing: God accepts you as you are. So. When you don't like the way you look, number one, when you don't like the way you look, be careful because you're made in the image of God. (laughs) I know. I'm not crazy about the way I look either. I don't have much, you know, much hair left. Different things about me that I, I might want to change, but you know what? God made me this way and... I'm sorry as this is the way it is and I praise God that I'm I guess I am what I am because it could be worse. <laughs> but the cool thing is God accepts you the way you are. God loves you the way you are the way he sees you. He loves you the way he sees you. He accepts you the way he sees you. Ephesians 1 says, 1 6 says, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely gives us in the ones he loves. Why does he accept us? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. I don't know how many girls there were in my high school, but most of them didn't accept me. And I don't know how many women I have met throughout my life up until 20 years ago, but a lot of, most of them didn't accept me. 20 years ago, I met my wife, and something attracted her to me. (laughs) <laughs> years ago she something you know why it's this it's called love it's called love oh we hear it all the time oh beauty is in the eyes of the beholder right oh 
much more than that. When God looks at us, he, he looks past so much of the stuff that we get caught up in here, and he sees us and loves us. Here we go. Colossians 3, 7, uh, 3 and 12. See, we are chosen of God. And we are dearly loved. Colossians 3 and 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, it's you, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Oh, sounds like the fruits that we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah. See, God has chosen us. You're a chosen people. You're a chosen people. Chosen by God. Coming up through grade school and high I wasn't always the first. Probably never was I the first one chosen for a team. You know, we do, you know, recess or whatever. I, I'm never the first one. But God chose me. God chose me. We always say, well, I choose to follow God. I didn't choose God. He chose me. Now, I've chosen to follow him, but he chose me. Imagine that. The God, the creator of the universe, loves you. He chose you. You, individually. Not, yes, as a whole, but you as an individual. See, we always get caught up in this thing, and, and, and especially in, you know, in church and, and everything. Well, yes, of course God loves us. God loves us. Yes, he does love us, but he loves you. He chose you. Hmm. And the cool part, another cool part is you have access directly to him. Directly to him. Let's look at Ephesians 2.18. It says, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. We can go directly to God, the Creator, God, the Father, God, God, the God. You getting that this morning? See, I think that so many times we we talk about God in this world, and we forget who God is. We forget we're talking. I'm talking about God. <laughs> I'm talking about the God, the creator of all this. I'm talking about God, our heavenly Father. I'm talking about God that's sitting in heaven today with Jesus at his side and, and that's looking down upon me and you and he's doing all these wonderful things in our lives that oftentimes we don't even realize he's doing. I tell people, God's... They say, do you believe in miracles? I said, absolutely. You think they still happen every day? Really? You see miracles? I see miracles every day. You see miracles every day. We're just too busy to recognize them. God has performed miracles, and he performs miracles in your lives every day you're not even aware of. I guarantee you, He's doing things in your life every single day that you're not even taking note of. Why? Because he loves us and, and he's protecting us. How many of you have protected your children from things you didn't want them to know was going on or didn't want them to know was happening? You protected them from that. God does the same thing. He protects us from those things that's going on out there in the world and that those attacks that are trying to attack us, that he's holding off. He's doing that all the time because he's our father. He loves us. You're a citizen of heaven. 
They're a citizen of heaven. Philippians 3.20. Philippians 3.20. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. We've heard that. I'm an American proud of it. I thank God, I do. I thank God every day that I, I was born in this country so I have the freedoms and, and everything that I have. I, I am so, so thankful for that. But let me tell you something. There's a greater, I have a citizenship and a, of a place far greater than this. I'm thankful God allowed me to, to have citizenship and be here in this great country while I'm, I'm journeying through. <laughs> but I have a citizenship elsewhere that's far greater than this. See, I'm a friend of Jesus. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants. Jesus, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends for everything that I have learned from my Father I have made known to you. Jesus is my friend, my Savior. And not only am I a citizen of heaven, am I a friend of Jesus, but I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. You hear me? It's important for you to realize this morning. Jesus doesn't just see you. We talked this morning about, earlier in the service, about the church and being part of the church. Being part of the church. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. But folks, you're a part of a family. It's more than just being a part of the church. You're part of a family. And this is a beautiful family here. It's kind of like, you know, we all have extended family that lives elsewhere we don't see very often. We try to get together when we can, but we just don't get to. Yeah, this is just part of the family. There's family. We got family all across this world. We got family, as you mentioned, in heaven waiting on us to get there. And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about blood family. I'm a biological family. I'm talking about spiritual family. I'm talking about the brothers and sisters. Why? Because we're child. We're the child. We're a child of God. We are a child of God. We are. An heir with Jesus. <laughs> we are an heir with, with Jesus. We are royalty. Don't, any, don't let anybody don't let anybody, don't let the devil tell you you're not special. That you're not wonderfully made. You are royalty. Now, I don't expect people to bow down to me. I'm not that kind of royalty. But I roll blood, the blood of Jesus Christ running and over my life. So that makes me royalty. I'm a joint heir with the King of Kings. Lord of Lords, the God of this universe is my Father. I preached a message one time, and I, I love the, the story that it begins with. I, I borrowed it. And, but there was this, this parade, and the King was coming down the the street. I mean, it was a chariot, and he was the king was sitting on this this chariot, and he was coming down the street. And of course, the people were lying in the streets and cheering and waving to the king, and so excited to see the king coming down that street and and everything. And of course, there was there was soldiers lying in the streets, you know, for protection of the king. Didn't want just people rushing him and and all this. And there was this little boy standing there. And, and then the king was coming as he got closer and closer and closer and closer. 
the little boy broke through the line and he ran out into the street, started running towards the chariot. One of the soldiers ran out and grabbed the little boy by the arm and he yanked him back and he said, Hey, he said, young man, he said, what are you doing? He said, don't you know who that is? You can't run out and approach the king like that. The little boy looked up at the soldier and he said, Sir, he may be your king, but he's my father. That changed everything, didn't it? Oh, that's the little prince I'm dealing with here. I better be careful. But most importantly, it changed. That relationship changed everything. All of a sudden, the king was approachable (laughs) by the boy. All of a sudden, there was a relationship that, that nobody else in that crowd had. Let me just tell you this and if you or pastor or anyone can come up with a scripture uh, because this is so and has been for years and it has to be a guide so strong in my spirit so but I just cannot find a scripture to you know that that to me fits what I'm about to say I believe you know you heard people say oh they're just they're in my heart. They're just part of my heart. They're just, you know, they are my heart. I know that, you know, David was was you know, the apple of God's eye, and maybe that's part of it. I believe when God made man that he, there was a part deep down, deeper than we can ever comprehend as humans. That's one of those things that will be revealed to us when we get to heaven. But deep, deep, deep down in us, there's this little part of us, this, this part of us, that can only be occupied by God and the Holy Spirit. He reserved a little portion of us just for him. Okay, just for him. And I say that because, honestly, folks, we cannot be whole until that space is filled. That's why I believe. We cannot be made whole. We will never be complete. Our lives will never be complete. We'll never be fully arrived (laughs) until we fill that spot. And remember, only God can go in there. Only the Holy Spirit can can go there. And so if if that be the case, no wonder so many people are unhappy unfulfilled because they haven't allowed God to fill it make it make us whole now i told you i wanted us to think about who how God sees us and i hope in some way that i have done that this morning is give you just a glimpse i mean you could go we could go on and on and on and on i'll just touch the very peak of the you know of of what God sees us. I mean, not even close. I mean, God, there's so much that that uh, God sees in us. But I hope that I've gotten the idea out there. Listen, what? How does God see me? How does God? What am I in the eyes of God? And so, some would take this as a feel-good message. Oh, He's trying to build me up trying to make me feel good, trying to make me 
yes and no. I think, I think we need to feel good about ourselves because that's part of who we are. We are a child of God. Remember, we're royalty. We're, you know, we should be proud of who we are, not boastful, not over the top and go out and tell the world where well, you're nobody, but, you know, because you're not a child of God. No, I'm not talking about it like that. No, no, no. That's not God. But there's more to it than this. It's not about that. It's about the glory of God. It's about God being seen in us. It's how God sees us, yes. But it's how the world sees God. It's about how the world sees God. See, to the world, most of the world, he's just this But to you and I, he's God. To you and I, he's Father. So to us, we need to show the world who God truly, truly is. He's not just a figment of people's imagination. He's not just some foolishness. He's not just something out there that people talk about. But he is real and he, I know, I know he's real. I know He's real because I've experienced Him. I know He's real because He's my Father. (laughs) I know He's real because I, you know, there's a song out there, oh, I know He's real because I, I talk to Him every day. I talked to Him this morning. Yes, He's real because we, we have a relationship that, remember the beginning? Why did he create you? To have a relationship. Where is it? Where are we now? We are happy. We're fulfilled. We're everything. If we have a relationship with him. All comes back together. Full circle. But it's for the glory of God. Because here I want to... Sister Jackie, go ahead. Come, if you would. Here's where I want us to... I want to close with this. When we doubt ourselves, when we look at ourselves, well, I'm not, no, 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 no. Look at yourselves as God sees you. Don't look at the, yourself as the, the world sees you. Look, try to remember how God sees you. Because when we doubt ourselves as a child of God, we doubt the power of God and His goodness and His grace and His promises. When we doubt ourselves, remember his, we're His creation, we're His children, we're, we're special to Him, we're all these things that we talked about. When we doubt who we are, when we doubt ourselves, we doubt the power of God. We doubt His promises. Well, God's doing this for all these other people, but He's not doing it. He won't do it for me. You're doubting God. You're doubting God. You're doubting His promises. He's your... can't stress this enough. This is Father's Day. This goes perfect with a, for Father's Day. He's your father. You say, oh, but you didn't know my my father. So, you know, father's not a very... Let me tell you something about... I've had three fathers in my life. I've had a biological father. Obviously. I never knew him. Never. I don't even know his name. I don't even know who he he is. I 
have an adopted father. He's my father, by the way. My earthly father, that's, that's my father. I'll tell you right straight up, him and my mom. Those are, I knew my biological mother, but I never knew my biological father. I met my biological mother. I visited with my biological mother. But the parents that adopted me and raised me at three years old, that's my mom and dad. Always has been, always will be. They're both with the Lord now, but... And then I have a heavenly Father. I'm a father. See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad. I fail my children. I've, I've failed them before, and I'm sure I'll fail them again in some way. Won't quite add up. See, my biological father, he failed me big time. Big time. <laughs> Huge. It's okay. I, I'm not hung up on that. No one ever, the only time I even think about it is when I bring it up like this, and it's for a point. Oh, my dad. I'm sure he, oh, he did. He's, he, was a, he was a regular dad, too. He failed me every now and then. You know, he made mistakes just like all of us do. But my Heavenly Father hasn't let me down yet. He hasn't let me down yet. Not once. Oh, sometimes I, I get to the point where I think, oh, God, you, where are you? You're letting me down, God. No, he's never let me down. I just don't understand it. See, I'm looking. I Remember our scripture, our text. I don't understand everything. This morning... It's all about that relationship. It's all about that relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's all about that relationship and us realizing who we are to God and how special we are to Him. If we ask for bread, you know, our earthly Father, if we ask for bread, He's not going to give us a rock. How much more is our Heavenly Father concerned about our well-being? You hear me? Oh, He loves you. Oh, He loves you. And this morning, as Sister Jackie, as she she leads us, whatever the Lord leads her in, I can we just take a few moments just to honor our Heavenly Father? And I want you to take a few moments to recognize how special you are to Him as well. I think that's important. Because only then will we honor Him the way we should is when we realize there truly is that two-way relationship. Because we see Him, oh, He's the Heavenly Father. He's God. We don't want to, we're afraid to approach Him. When we see Him, you know, just to, no. He wants us to have that relationship. He wants to be approachable. Nothing greater than your children running to you and hugging you. Your grandchildren. I was telling Brother Tyler this morning, I said, you know, it just does my heart so good to come to church in so many ways. But one way is when you walk in Sunday morning, there's all these kids running around. Now, some people that may bother, but to me, these kids just running around laughing and hugging and, you know, I mean, it, how could you not feel a joy and a happiness? That's how God is with you. <laughs> oh, there come my kids. Coming to the house. Does my heart good to see my grandson come into our, our house. I see him, usually him and him and Adam. I, see, I spot them afar off there walking over, walking down the street, and I see him. I say, here they come. They'll be here after a while. They might make a round, you know, the park, but they'll be here in a while. It just does my heart good. But you know what really does, does me in is when he gets there and he walks in the house 
And at some point, he comes up and he hugs me and he's, oh, Papa. God don't want you to just come to his house. He wants you to love him. He wants you to honor him. It's your, your hands raised to him for him to pick you up and hold you close and say, my child, I love you. That's the way I always seen my arms raised. People say, oh, I don't know about that arm raising thing. You know, it's if you don't want to raise your hand, that's fine. There's nothing. But I always, you know, when I raise my hands in worship to the Lord, I always think of my, my grandchildren. I have more than the one. My grandchildren, when they're raising their hands towards me for me to reach down and pick them up and hold them and love on them. That's me reaching up to my Heavenly Father saying, Father, just just take hold of me. Just take me and love me. As I worship you, as I praise you, as I honor you as my Father, will you just lift me up and, and, and love on me for a while too? I'm, I need you. I hurt him. I need you to love on me. Oh, I promise you if you'll do that, It'll, it'll change you. It'll change you. Would you stand with me as we close this morning in this with this song? And just praise Him. Love Him. Let Him love you this morning.